When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. We are likely the only fish geeks you'll ever encounter who constantly sing the praises of biofilms and fungi, huh? Fungi. Yeah, those guys. They're all over our botanical-style aquariums, regardless of how we feel about them. Not the ones that we vilify for attacking our fish or their eggs, of course. It's easy to just heap them in with the bad guys and the nasty implications they have. Nope, there's more to it than that. Fungi are omnipresent in aquatic ecosystems, even our allegedly pristine aquariums. Fungi reproduce by releasing tiny spores that then germinate on new and hospitable surfaces, i.e. pretty much anywhere they damn well please. These aquatic fungi are involved in the decay of wood and leafy material. And of course, when you submerge terrestrial materials in water, growths of fungi tend to arise. Anyone who's ever cured a piece of aquatic wood for your aquarium can attest to this. Fungi tend to colonize wood because it offers them a lot of surface area to thrive and live out their life cycle. And cellulose, hemocellulose, and lignin, the major components of wood and botanical materials, are degraded by fungi which possess enzymes that can digest these materials. Fungi are regarded by biologists to be the dominant organisms associated with decaying leaves and streams, so this gives you some idea as to why we see them in our aquariums, right? And of course, the fishes and invertebrates which live amongst them and feed directly upon the fungi and, and decomposing leaves and botanicals contribute to the breakdown of these materials as well. Now, aquatic fungi can break down the leaf matrix and make the energy available to feeding animals in these habitats, and that's really interesting. Look at this little gem that I found in my research uh, a while ago. There's evidence that detritivores selectively feed on conditioned leaves, i.e. those previously colonized by fungi. Fungi can alter the food quality and palatability of leaf detritus, affecting shredder growth, growth rates. Shredders are animals that tear up the, uh, the leaves. Animals that feed on a diet rich in fungi have higher growth rates and fecundity than those fed on poorly colonized leaves. In other words, the fungi are pretty good and nutritious. Some shredders prefer to feed on leaves that are colonized by fungi, where others consume fungal mycelium selectively. They'll just pick at the, the fungi, not the leaf. Conditioned leaves in this context are those which have been previously colonized by fungi. They make the energy within the leaves and botanicals more available to higher organisms like fishes and invertebrates. We'll talk about that again in the course of this podcast. Interestingly, many fungi are specialists with what ecologists classify as Engoldian anamorphic fungi being the most numerous on decaying leaves, while fungi known as acylmycites, uh, from a couple of orders that I'm not going to tongue twist you but the, the, with the pronunciation on because they're really hard to, uh, to pronounce, but there's a couple of orders if you're interested in looking up about them. You see it in the written version of this podcast. These are prevalent on submerged and exposed woody substrata like twigs, tree trunks, and bark. Unique fungi are found in tropical waters and differ from those in temperate waters. Makes sense. There's around 3,000 species that are known to be associated with aquatic habitats. That's a lot of species. Aquatic true fungi are known as osmoorganotrophs. It's a fancy way of saying that they absorb nutrients across their cell wall. 
most of them have filamentous you know morphology at some point during their lifestyle and, th and this morphology enables them to invade deep into substrates and directly digest particulate organic matter pom we've talked about that before too right to acquire nutrients for growth and reproduction the fungal community consumes microscopic algae aquatic macrophytes and terrestrial plant litter including wood Aquatic fungi act as a very significant decomposers of particulate organic matter, POM, again, coarse particulate organic matter, CPOM, which includes both plant and animal material, but we're more interested in the plant material. We see this in nature and absolutely in our aquariums. The aquatic fungi will typically decompose leaf litter and wood, um, and they are found in a group known as aquatic hypo hypomycites, as I said before. Another group of specialists called aeroaquatic hypomycites colonize submerged plant detritus in stagnant and slow-flowing waters like shallow ponds, puddles, and our favorite flooded forest areas. Fungal communities differ between various environments, such as streams, shallow lakes, and wetlands, deep lakes, and other habitats like salt lakes and estuaries. And we see them in our own tanks all the time, don't we? We do. As we know by now, fungi play a huge role in the decomposition of leaves, both in the wild and in the aquarium. By utilizing selective or specialized enzymes, actually, aquatic fungi can, can degrade most of the molecular components in leaves, such as cellulose, hemocellulose, starch, pectin, and even lignin, and they can do it very well. Depending on various factors, such as leaf litter type and the local water chemistry, fungal decomposition of leaves can take anywhere from one month to six months, and that's kind of consistent with what we see in our aquariums, isn't it? The fungi known as aquatic hypomycites produce enzymes which cause leaf maceration and in little as two to three weeks, as much as 15% of decomposing leaf biomass in many aquatic habitats can be processed by fungi according to one study that I found. It's pretty incredible. Fungi, although not the most attractive looking organisms, are incredibly useful and they play well with a surprisingly large number of aquatic life forms to create substantial food webs both in the wild and in our aquariums. Natural habitats are absolutely filled with this stuff. It's like the whole game here. An explosion of life-giving materials, just free for the taking. It's another mental shift, I suppose. One in which many of you have already made, no doubt. I certainly look forward to seeing many examples of utilizing what we've got to the advantages of our fishes. Again, a truly natural aquarium is not sterile. I've said this a million times, right? It encourages the accumulation of organic materials and other nutrients, not in excess, of course. Biofilms, fungi, algae, detritus, they all have their place in the aquarium. Not as an excuse for lousy or lazy husbandry, but as supplemental food sources to power the life in our tanks. And of course, as we discussed many times here, fungi are actually an important food item for other life forms in the aquatic environments that we love so much. In one uh, a study that I stumbled across, gut content analysis of over 100 different aquatic insects collected from submerged wood in a tropical location, submerged wood and leaves, show that fungi comprise part of their diet of more than 60% of them. And in turn, aquatic fungi were found in gut content analysis of many, many species of fishes. Still need more convincing about the value of fungi to food webs? Check out this passage from a paper that I found by Wurzbacher Christian et al. This is with the fun of Googling things. And I quote, Microbial mineralization of plant litter supports a complex food web, including all kinds of microbes, archaea, bacteria, fungi, protozoans, and invertebrates, nematodes, trematodes, gammarids, insects, and snails. As a consequence, plant litter even supplies top predators such as crayfish, amphibians, birds, fishes, and bats with organic material and energy via the microbial food web. 
The main basis of the microbial food web consists of fungi and bacteria growing in and on the plant debris. So again, fungi perform key roles in transferring terrestrial materials like leaves, otherwise unavailable for aquatic organisms, to higher trophic levels, you know, like fishes and birds and plants, all that stuff. These small, seemingly annoying life forms are actually some of the most beautiful, elegant, beneficial friends that we can have in an aquarium. When they arrive in, you know, on the scene in our tanks, we should celebrate their appearance, not freak out. Stay the course. Don't be afraid. Don't reach for the scrub brush. Open your mind. Study what's happening. Draw parallels to the natural aquatic ecosystems of the world. Look at this with wonder, awe, and courage. And know that that pile of decomposing goo and fungal strands that you're looking at now all over your leaf litter is just a metaphorical stepping stone on the journey to an aquarium which embraces nature in every conceivable way. I think that's pretty exciting. Stay inspired, stay excited, stay bold, stay patient, stay the course, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tannin.